Our scripture passage for the morning comes from Paul's letter to the Colossians. We read a portion, if you look in your, in your pew Bibles, it's under the heading New Life in Christ, and Paul outlines those behaviors which are to be discarded by that one who is raised in Christ, as well as those uh, behaviors which are to be cultivated and demonstrated. So as we prepare to hear the word of God read as provided in scripture, let us pray. Almighty God, in you are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes that we may see the wonders of your word and give us grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose the way of your wisdom. Amen. From the third chapter of Colossians, we read this first 17 verses. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourself with the new self which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free. But Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one, an admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Has anyone found themselves to have what folks call news fatigue? That is the instant access we have to news through a variety of channels, the constant 
turmoil at the highest levels of government, the fact that you can't have a conversation with someone on the other side of the aisle without it devolving into a shouting match, the deep divides in our country, much less the world. I mean, we woke up this morning to learn of another shooting in addition to the El Paso shooting. Lead some to simply throw up their arms, their hands in exasperation and proclaim, I need a break. And to be sure, the polarization of America is depressing, the long-term ramifications of which remain to be seen. Hopefully, our republic and the earth can recover. Time will tell. Perhaps I am the only one to feel a, a, a bit pessimistic about the state of affairs in our world, in our country, but I suspect not. I came across the following words recently. Every thinking person today is concerned mightily about the world situation. In these days of tension and uncertainty, all of us are wondering if the world of human society, with all its cross currents of opinions and interests and ideologies, filled as it is with so many inflammable and explosive forces, is going to be able to avoid another horrible holocaust. The problem confronting us is how to keep our world from disintegrating completely. What is going to happen to our civilization? Will it go down to oblivion? Other civilizations have vanished from the earth. The dissolution of the nations, the crumbling of the kingdoms, the disappearance of empires, these things form a very tragic tale of woe. But the tale is told with unerring accuracy in the pages of history. Now you might think I read those words on the editorial page of a recent newspaper or on an online blog. In reality, these words are part of a sermon written by my grandfather coming sometime after the completion of World War II. One of the things I inherited upon my grandmother's death were many of my grandfather's, Papo, that's what we called him, sermons. They're in boxes in my office. And as I am starting to clear things out, I, I've been glancing through some of them. And Papo continues, will, I, will our civilization sink? I do not know the answer to that question. But one thing I do know, it cannot go on as it is. It is too dishonest. Our society is shot through from top to bottom with hypocrisy and lies and corruption and cheating. It is too unneighborly. The people who are in the upper brackets are too indifferent to the way in which the people at the bottom have to live. Races are too snobbish in their attitude toward one another. Our classes are too cruel in their treatment of one another. It cannot go on like this. It spends a vast proportion of its wealth and energy and effort building implements of destruction. Such a civilization just cannot survive indefinitely. Well, in my opinion, Papo is right, except for one thing. <laughs> it apparently can go on indefinitely. In the, what, 70 or so years since those words were written, the world has continued to teeter on the brink of destruction. World events today, from the polarization of American society to the various conflicts around the globe, mean much of our world is at risk. 
The poet Robert, Robert Browning penned the word, the line, who knows, but the world may end tonight. And even for those of us who don't take the book of Revelation literally or expect the rapture to occur at any moment, still we wonder about where our world, our nation is heading. And since we humans have made such a mess of things, maybe it would be better if God simply pulled the plug, rainbow be damned. Well, admittedly, that's a little dramatic. I may get frustrated and depressed about what we human beings do to each other. But I am also a firm believer in the power of the Holy Spirit to renew creation, to renew we human beings who are created in God's image. So when I find myself frustrated with life, with the state of affairs of men and women, when I begin to, to get those feelings of depression about where things are headed, when I get news fatigue, I find that scripture is a good place to turn. And verses 12 through 17 especially of Colossians are some of my favorite words in all the Bible. Colossae was a town in what is today modern Turkey, a town during the time of the Apostle Paul, the author of this letter, diverse, diverse culturally, diverse religiously. And for Paul, theology is not merely an academic exercise, an amusing pursuit for the intellectually curious, a, a novelty for the intelligentsia. Rather, for Paul, theology has implications for how we live our lives on earth. You see, the, the first Two and a half chapters of Colossians are soaring in their the theology. They're almost hard to understand, describing a, a cosmic Christ who is our salvation. And then in the 16th verse of chapter 2, with the word therefore, we didn't read that part, but you can go back and read it. With the word therefore, the focus shifts. In light of this soaring theology, which Paul has very carefully laid out, the person who chooses to be a follower of Christ lives a certain way, displays a particular lifestyle. And Paul describes this lifestyle first in negative terms, presenting a whole litany of behavior patterns he labels as being things of the earth, sexually impu sexual impurity, Passion, in this context, he means something similar to lust, not healthy or appropriate passion. Evil, evil desire, greed, anger, again, inappropriate or unjust anger. Jesus himself exhibited righteous anger. Wrath, malice, slander, abusive language, lying. These behavior patterns Paul condemns, suggesting they lead to an unworthy end, a negative result. That end being the wrath of God. What one doesn't have to look too far to find examples of this type of behavior. Unfortunately, it is commonplace even among those who identify themselves as Christian, as followers of Christ. Paul then moves from the negative to the positive. As, as the negative is destructive both to the individual and to the human community, the positive is just the opposite. It builds up not only the individual, but the community at large. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness or gentleness, patience, forbearance, love, forgiveness, peace, thanksgiving. These are virtues to be cultivated. These are character traits that Jesus, 
and Jesus' followers consciously and willfully should seek to develop and expand compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, love, peace, and thanksgiving. These are things Jesus commands us to do. And it's easy also to find examples of this sort. These are behavior traits that are given witness by millions of folks who go about their daily lives, many in relative obscurity, living their lives according to those characteristics Paul describes as from above. The world may not know who they are, but God does. Well, friends, this chapter has obvious implication for you and me, for for the individual who seeks to follow, who claims to follow the way of Jesus. And I find it immensely helpful when I find myself getting discouraged and what wonder what God is calling me to do, how God is calling me to respond. As one who is called to a higher calling, as one who is called to set one's sights on those things that are above, I invite you, I challenge you, I exhort you to seek to cultivate those life-affirming traits. Read this chapter. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You might be surprised at the effect it has on you, your relationships, your life. But this passage has implications for the community of faith as well. The church itself, local congregations like our own here, and the larger church are called to exhibit these life-affirming characteristics. As the church renews itself in the image of God, we can be involved in something positive despite all the negative out there in the world. As the church renews itself in the image of God, it is called to erase those barriers which separate. Paul mentions a few of them, barriers of nation, ethnicity, slave versus free, sophisticated versus crude, and in other writings, he mentions gender. All those who call on the name of Christ and who seek with integrity and honesty to clothe themselves with these things from above are one, irrespective of the barriers we humans erect to divide us. Papo concluded his sermon. We shall come to God by learning that righteousness is more important than revenue, by learning that purity is more important than pleasure, by learning that piety is more important than profits, by learning that the health of all people is more important than the wealth of a few people. We shall return to God when we learn that God must come before gold, when we learn that duty must come before delight, when we learn that love is stronger than loathing, when we learn that bigness of heart must replace bigotry of soul. We shall come to God when we give as much attention to God's house, God's day, God's word, as we do to our own holidays, our own houses, our own ways. Well, what is true in Papo's day and time at least to my way of thinking, continues to be true today. Paul invites 
you and me, Paul invites the church to put on new clothes, the clothes of love. As an infant is clothed in a beautiful garment at his baptism, as a bride is adorned in beauty on the day of her wedding, so the follower of Christ is invited to clothe him or herself in love, to put on those, char on those characteristics which are of above, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, forbearance, peace, thanksgiving. 